This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, welcome to NRL Boom Rookies, presented by ESPN. I'm Nick Campton. Bungar's not with us today. He's busy over in the States, working hard and tirelessly on the Cleveland Browns playoff campaign. So best of luck to you, Matty. But I've spared no expense in replacing him for this episode. So I'd like to welcome former Raiders prop and current uh, Bachelors Australia contestant, Luke Bateman. Bato, how are you doing? <laughs> Good care, mate, mate. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. I'm still waiting for that uh, that check to show up. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, in, it's in the mail, I yeah, promise you. It's in the mail. <laughs> so I'm guessing most of most of our listeners will remember Luke from his from his time with the Raiders. Um, we've had a bit to do with each other over the last couple of years. Um, but I guess bef- to get started, Bato, I was wondering if you remember the night we met. So we met the night of the 2019 grand final in the bowels of ANZ stadium after the match, I was hanging out with Tim and, and Sammy Williams. And like, I'm not going to lie to you. I was in a pretty bad place <laughs> and they introduced us. And I said, Oh, g'day, Bato. Nice to meet you, mate. And you were great. You sort of said, Oh yeah, mate. Nice to meet you. And you're upset about how the game or the game all went and all that. But I'll never forget. You said two things to me. You said, you know, it doesn't matter, mate. It doesn't take away from a great year. And that was right. But then you said the worst thing about losing a grand final like that is it can fuck up Mad Monday. Did it fuck up Mad Monday? <laughs> I actually, oh, it definitely didn't. Actually. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you didn't remember. And I thought I, if you don't remember, then it probably didn't. Like, no, yeah, no. <laughs> it was hard to get, obviously, it was hard to get a smile out of anybody in that room that night. Um, but I feel like it sort of, Got forgotten pretty quickly once, yeah. Once that, once the slab started coming out, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the spirit. So, you're the first former Raiders prop I know of who's going to be on a reality dating show. And like, I assume there's still time for Shannon Boyd and and Corey Horsburgh to get a start. But in case they don't, how does someone go from packing down for the Raiders to being on The Bachelor? Talk me through it, man. How did it happen? Oh, 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 mate, I mean, yeah, how much time do you have, I suppose? Like, as you know, um, yeah, things sort of, uh, my career sort of finished up uh, and wrapped up in a in a way that, that wasn't really of my choosing or um, sort of how, how I'd planned it, I suppose. So I had very little time to prepare or, um, yeah, make any real sort of thoughts or ideas about um, what I'd do after footy. It was sort of just, yeah, dropped at my feet. So, um yeah, since then, obviously went back home, went back to Queensland, been working with the family. And, um, yeah, uh, at the start of the year, uh, two sort of friends of mine, they they obviously uh, seen that the application for the, the bachelors was was open and they um, sent me a link in our little uh, group chat and they just said, like, oh, this would be, you know, this would be unreal if you, if you went on this and, you know, we'd love you to apply. And I said, oh, look, we'll put an application together um, and let's see how we go. And 
yeah, lucky about a month later, I think I got a call from Bogey. He said, oh, yeah, it's, you know, such and such from casting. And I was like, nah, mate, you've got the wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and, and, mate, and then from there, obviously, just, yeah, took the opportunity with both hands and um, haven't looked back. At what point when you, your boys send that application through, do you think to yourself, you know what? I fucking would be good on The Bachelor. This is all of <laughs> this. This is something Australia needs to see. <laughs> I've done it. I've done it. <laughs> I still don't think I was good at it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So when you go on a show like this, do you watch mm. it beforehand? Do you crunch some tape, like cut up some game film, or you just gotta just gotta go off instinct? Mate, yeah, no, nah, you don't see any. Yeah, there's no um there's no video sessions during the week about what's uh what's happening on the weekend or anything. Yeah. Ricky's nah, not Ricky, Ricky's not yelling at you though either. So yeah. I imagine that, <laughs> yeah, that makes right. it easier, yeah. you know. It does make it easier that Ricky yelling at you. Although, um, you know, produ- TV producers are probably not too far off NRL coaches. They're pretty ruthless. So, um, but now I haven't seen anything. So when you know when everyone else is watching it, that's I'll be seeing it for all for the first time too. I obviously obviously lived it, but um, yeah. So everything, all the edit and everything, that'll be my first uh, my first round of it all. So I'm really excited. I, honestly, I can't wait to see how it all comes together. And um, yeah, hopefully everyone can have a laugh at me and um, enjoy it. There's a bit of a twist this year. There's three three bachelors. Mm. I looked up the other two guys. I don't think they're much chop. But of the <laughs> other guys on the show, right? How was it between you? Is that like are they nice fellas? Was there a bit of camaraderie, or was it a constant battle for alpha supremacy? <laughs> there was a there was a oh there was a bit of battling going on early, but like we formed up a real like a real good friendship uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, I think there's you know sort of. In between filming, when you're sort of standing off to the side, like me and the boys, sort of, uh, yeah, hit it off pretty well. And there's a, a real good, um, a real good camaraderie between us. It actually sort of reminded me a little bit of like playing footy. You know, you sort of like had the boys, and you, you you'd sort of go out and you do your thing. You'd come back to the boys, you're like, oh, this has happened, this has happened. Oh, I don't feel very good about this, and yeah. So, no, nah, there was a bit of, um, you know, I had to, I had to draw the line a couple of times with with uh, with the other two boys over, over a few women, but. Um, no, most part, mate, they're, they're absolute champion blokes and, and legends, and I get along with them both very well. How often did you pull rank and refer to yourself as Raider 328? <laughs> mate, I think if I tried to pull the old Raider 328, most of everyone would have looked at me and just gone, who is this bloke? <laughs> can you talk us through a little, like we're having fun now, but can you talk us through a little bit that period when you did finish up at the Raiders? I remember I did a story on it um, for yeah. the Telegraph at the time, and Yep. You're one of those people who just because of the way the pandemic sort of impacted the sport, you kind of had to to walk away from. Can you just talk us through a little bit, th- talk us through that decision a little bit? Oh, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Like that genuinely one of the, that period of my life sort of like probably, you know, 2019, 2020 was, um, was a extremely personal. I went through a lot of personal hardship, uh, a lot of it self-inflicted, but, you know, obviously had outside influences and, um, uh, I think it really, really forced me to, um, yeah, take a look at things. But like I said, it was brought on by obviously my knee injury, um, which I, I um, which was unfortunate. But um, and then the the when the pandemic hit, it was sort of like, mate, like I said to you that time when we interviewed, it was sort of like dropped on my feet. It was like, mate, you're looking at literally like financial ruin or, or leaving sort of like your 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 dream. And um, you know, I, I think. Um, you know, I just, I, I had really no option but to, to give it away and head home. Um, where, and, where, where is home? Like, tell, tell, tell the guys about 
when you where, where home is and what you were doing out there because it's yeah pretty, well, so yeah so I grew up in <laughs> well I grew up in Western Queensland um yeah we got we have a farm out there but um you know we're not we're not farmers we had weird cows and stuff on the farm growing up but um the family business is is cutting timber so literally cypress pine um cutting logs um yeah turning trees into houses is sort of where where the business lies at so um you know and financially just at that stage it was pretty much my old boy just said listen mate you know the opportunities here if you if you want to come home you know you've always got a job here with me um and it was sort of yeah it was very difficult um uh, you know probably faced a lot of uh mental demons through that period about you know whether i had done the right thing or um even about just sort of like you know trying to go trying to go back to whatever but i think um very comfortable with that decision now you sort of look back at the time it's seems very um you know you don't know whether what's happening and what's right but i think sort of everything falls into place once you have that the ability to have a bit of perspective about life yeah so you go back home you're cutting trees you become <laughs> as you were referred to in the bachelor press, press release luke the lumberjack was that was that a self-appointed nickname <laughs> no i think that's a bit of a tv don't uh yeah tv don't want point a bit of mayo on top of everything so <laughs> I think that was uh, whipped up in a in a in a uh, in an executive meeting in a back room. Yeah, so. the, the, the the smoke filled rooms. They're like, we got to make this yeah. get a star. How are we going to do it? Yeah, that's right. I think yeah, that's a bit of a romanticized uh, sort of name for a bloke who cuts. Oh, mate, for a, for a romantic show, what could be better? Oh, well, I don't actually right, mate. Look, I'm happy to run with it. You can <laughs> you can refer to me as like Lumjack or, or Rated Beach. Look, <laughs> well, if you want, Rated just if you want to, just if just if yeah, you want okay, to. Okay, I, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to push you. <laughs> I, I saw you talking to the Telegraph the other week and you said that of your former teammates or blokes, you know, in footy, Jai Arrow would be the best on The yeah. Bachelor. Yeah. Who would be the worst? In saying that, I think Jai would obviously be the best entertainment. Okay, um, he'd be the, he'd be the best TV. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. He would, yeah, he would just, yeah, run an absolute muck on that, I reckon. But the worst person in the world, oh, it would, uh Mate, it's probably the bloke you mentioned earlier, Shannon Boyd. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh man, I don't think Boydy would be at all able to talk about feelings or you know, girls would start asking him, you know, what his interests are in life, and he'd go, he'd just sit there and go, "Oh, I love pigging and, and languages." <laughs> he's a charmer. We we got to get him on. He, he's got to be on Farmer Wants a Wife. That's how that's got to happen. He's married, mate. Well, you know, back back in, back in the day, back in the, back in the day, you know what I'm saying? Back in the day. Yeah, yeah. back in the yeah. day. Yeah. So one of the other bachelors who's on the show with you sued Zach Efron about some TV show that Efron was making that he thought he came up with the idea first. If you could yeah. sue one person in footy or outside of it, who is it? And what's the case? <laughs> who could I sue? Oh, I tell you, I tell you exactly. This, this is the easiest question you've asked me. The one black I would sue is Semi Williams, and that's for always missing a shout and never ever paying for his lunch or his coffees. Oh, whispers Williams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what? I reckon, I reckon the judge would back you on that one. Yeah, I reckon Williams is going that's, away that's, for life. That's open. That's literally open close. That one. <laughs> <laughs> on how many of the dates when you're on the show did you refer to your crucial score in Canberra's thirty-two eighteen win over South Sydney? In round 21, 2017. <laughs> and did you ever make the girls watch it on your phone? <laughs> Mate, luckily, we, we didn't have our phones for the whole filming. So that's uh, other, otherwise, it's just that, yeah, otherwise, look at me, it look, baby, baby, baby look at me go, look at me hit that. I, gap. Up my, I think my um, 
you know, my uh, my my strike rate was, uh, you know, probably around like that 0.1% or something. Yeah, 1%. 1% and I, I brought that up a fair few times. I thought that was pretty impressive for him. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you scored that try, you're wearing white headgear. And in commentary, you get mistaken for Jared Croker. Yeah, yeah. As revenge, what accomplishment from Jared Croker's career would you like to steal and take credit for? <laughs> oh, didn't he? I, I know he missed that goal, but did, did he? You know what I remember? Actually, we played, I think we played Parramatta in, it was it might have been 16. And um, we come back, they were up, and we come back and we, we drew level with them, and Croaks had to kick, I think it was like eight. In all, and it was um, you know full time signing gone, and Croaks had to kick a, a goal from the sideline to 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 win the game for us, and he made he put it straight down the hay diddle diddle, and I think I'd lo- I'd like to take that one from you. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I've I've heard you tell stories about great Raiders wins and losses from that period, and you're a really good storyteller with it. So this is yeah. a sort of a big open ended question, but what's your favourite story from your best win and your worst story from your worst loss? <laughs> Oh, favorite story from my best win. I'm just trying to think. But oh, mate, it's hard. so I obviously had so many good wins there. I'm, I think oh, you have. It's hard to go for like that 16 season and the run that we went on. There were so many awesome moments through that. But I think probably uh, when when we beat uh, Penrith at um, at home in the in the home semi to to go down to Melbourne and play Melbourne in 16. Um, when um more personally for me was sort of when I when um oh, I can't remember was it anyway I, I held a bloke up from scoring a try and um and I remember the boys just absolutely like getting around me and like it was just yeah that was number one the crowd was up and I loved that moment and probably a friend of ours um the worst one I'll probably is a, a friend of ours Jack Cronin loves this story <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> Mate, where this I'm is going. That. I remember that when we were, we were up against the Warriors, we were up against the Warriors, mate. And um, Sean Johnson's just, you know, back to back, just rolled clean down the field, kicked two field goals. I'm standing at market plane stuck in the mud, and I received no end of an absolute peasling in video review that week. <laughs> I, at the end of this, we do have a couple of questions from listeners, and one from a listener who requested anonymity said, "Who was under more pressure, you to win the Bachelor or?" Sean Johnson when he was going for those fateful field goals against Canberra back in 2018. <laughs> so I think I think you've answered your own question there. Yeah. <laughs> but, so I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but yeah, that game mm. made me want to die a little bit inside. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I went no, I can... because so Jack Cronin, treasured listener of the show, great mate of mine. He told me during the week, you've got to bring this up because I spray bait all about it all the time. So I actually put myself through the arduous task of watching the highlights from that game again. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not wrong, man. (laughs) (laughs) See, I try to justify it because (laughs) natural instincts kicked in. And when I was at marker on my own, when you're a marker on your own, you just peel back and wait for the line to reach you. Yeah. So just took over and I was pulling back, but. You know, I just, don't think, just a just a smart defensive play. I don't think Sticky really appreciated that explanation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you you've mentioned Sticky a couple of times. He's someone who we, we talk about a lot on the show because I, you know, I think everyone has roller coasters with him. You know, yeah. some weeks I think he's some thinks some weeks I think he's the chosen one. Other weeks I think he's going to drive me insane. <laughs> What's he actually like day to day for for the for the people that aren't around footy a lot? Like, 
is he always is he always blowing smoke or has he got a softer side? Talk talk us through it. Oh, mate, he definitely has a softer side. I think a lot of people would see that. Uh, absolutely, like I think anyone who's sort of been uh, within the sort of inner sanctum, I suppose you'd call it, um, definitely seen a softer side of Rick. And he's actually, I, I, probably a lot of people said this, but he loves his jokes. He's a big practical joker, um, very serious. Like obviously, when football comes up. Very, very serious, very driven. Um, yeah, doesn't accept, doesn't accept, uh, <laughs> doesn't accept, um, you know, poor performance as well, personally and as a team. Um, but I think, um, yeah, like away from football, I think that's where you, you really see sort of um, stick shine and then the best part, parts of him come through. And that's obviously what, you know, most people would never see. Talking about practical jokes, what's your best, what's the best one he ever got you with? Oh, I don't know whether he got. Well, me. He never, he never got Nah, he used to have this. He used to have this um this fake snake. He used to like leave in like places where like you'd lift something up and the boys would like you know, yeah. He he loved just little things like that. Yeah, he had this little pet, pet rubber snake. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. your what's your what's your best sort of what's your best sort of Ricky yarn that you've got? <laughs> oh, I don't. Oh, I would probably mate. My one's my debut with Rick because he sort of just pulled me aside and he goes, "Oh, mate." You know, how do you think you're going? Like, how do you think the preseason's been? And I was like, yeah, yeah, no, like pretty good. And he goes, oh, look, if I asked you, you know, if I said to you, are you ready to play like, you know, first grade this weekend, would you, you know, do you think you'd be up for it? And I was sort of like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I, I'd like to think so. And he goes, oh, well, that's a good answer because you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's probably, yeah, that, that was it. Yeah, I always enjoy that one of Rick. But, um, oh, mate, it's hard that some of his, some of his sprays were just, all time sprays, you know, like yeah, they are. Well, what, they are we, what, like, what, 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 what are we, what are we talking about here? Is it just foul mouth? Does he challenge your manhood? Does he, does it get personal? Like, what, what are we talking <laughs> about? What's it like to be on the end of one? It's, it's all of it. Uh, yeah, challenges, challenges your manhood big time. Just kicking things, and yeah, I think yeah, you sort of, you leave there, and you, you ask yourself, oh, like. Am I a man? You know, am I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, what are these right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so then last question, your whole experience on The Bachelor. Like, it sounds mm. like you had a heap of fun and, you know, maybe some ups and downs or whatever. Why would you sort of rate it out of 10 and why should people tune in to, to watch you go through all this? Oh, mate, out of 10, 11. Honestly, nice. mate, it was incredible. Like I said, eh, eh. If anybody listening ever gets the opportunity to do it, yeah, go for it. <laughs> you hear that, guys? If the bachelor ever rings you and they say, we yeah. want you, say yes. That's the say yes. guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, it's honestly one of the most uh, incredible experiences I've ever done. So, like, it was um, – I enjoyed it more than probably, like, you know, a lot of footy stuff. Like, it was um, it was right up there for me. It's the best thing I've ever done in my life. Um, it was incredible. It was challenging. Um, you know, it was uh, emotional at times. It was funny at times. It was it was everything. You know, everything I sort of could have ever hoped it to be. Um, and yeah, and, and and I think you know, it was a, it was just a lot of fun. I really enjoyed myself. Um, and and you know, everyone should tune in and just to, I think uh, to watch obviously uh, to watch my to watch myself to watch the lumberjack. Yeah, look the yeah, lumberjack. Watch the lumberjack. Watch it. Watch, watch it chop them down. 
<laughs> have a good laugh with me, you know, um, and genuinely see, uh, you know, see a couple of boys, you know, myself and, and the other two boys and, and some beautiful women, you know, try and try and find love together. Good stuff, mate. So that's The Bachelor premieres December 3rd on Channel 10, 7.30. It's Sunday through Wednesdays. And I think after the first week, they change up the schedule. So I don't know oh. how you can, I don't know how you can win the show if there's three is there. But if you do somehow win it, I'm counting it as Canberra's fourth premiership. <laughs> Who says no? Who says Hold no? It, mate. I'm not, I won't stop you, mate. <laughs> All right. Beto, thank you, mate. Uh, legend Campo. Much appreciate the chat, mate. All right. And I think that's just about i think that's just about it but what oh my god he's back he's returned hello unbelievable what's going on buddy wow i can't believe you're calling in from what do they call cleveland the windy apple sure the uh the city of brotherly hate <laughs> how's january joe looking Ah, uh, mate didn't he look didn't he look great two touchdowns and lost the game pretty much all i wanted from the cleveland browns <laughs> in that game was to lose but for joe flacco to look good and he did yeah so, so I, th I thought i'd be thought i'd be riding solo today but uh well no they, they, they managed to, to claw his way back on they put him back on the practice squad so i'm i was relieved of my duties so i was allowed to come back to sydney so <laughs> here i am did they actually drop him back to the practice squad? i think it's like a procedural thing though i feel like he's gonna play but yes he is currently back on the practice squad for some reason Mate, get him, so, get him, get him back home. No, get him to Baltimore. To do what? To fucking hold the, to be Justin Tucker's holder. That, that's, yeah, fair. That's, that's Jordan Stout's job, but that's, that's fine. He, I'm sure he'd happily cede that so we can did concentrate Jordan, on Did punting. Jordan Stout, did Jordan Stout ever go 12 touchdowns, no interceptions in the NFL playoffs? He did not. No, yeah, that's well, a very good point. That's a great point. In fact, yeah, I mean, I'd love him back as the backup. So uh, we'll see. But yeah, no, uh, back from America. It was good. Very cold. Very quite the culture shock to go from you know cold, rainy, not snowy. Sadly, New York back here, back home. But did see our good friend uh, Grace Waller. Uh, did some other stuff. Had a great time. I stayed with Josh Brandon, friend of the show in in LA. Went to we went to Disneyland with him and his partner. Uh, yeah, great couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, back now. The American dream, baby. Indeed. And the Ravens won the game I went to. So that was that was good. It was a close run thing, though, wasn't it? Was that chance? Yeah, they had the they had the score. The the guy definitely should have just like fallen over and ended the game, but he chose to run forty yards and score a touchdown instead. Which you know, given I was there, I was fine with. Thought it was nice. great moves they played. It was very cool. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh no, it's Simi Redradra. Redradra's away. Simi Redradra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will. Yes. Semi Rundrundra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Rundrundra. But uh, we've got some NRL news to talk about, uh, and not just that uh, Luke Bateman's going to win The Bachelor. Well, he's been a hit on the. Uh, well, mm. I can't say I've watched an episode, but on some of the clips I've seen on social media, he looks like a winner. Have those? Have those just been like? Mm computer generated by a horde of crazed Raiders fans to try and get our boy over the line. Perhaps, perhaps. but all fair, all's fair in love and war and all is fair on the bachelor. So will, will I watch one second of it? No. Will I root for him with all my heart? Yes. hundred mm. percent. All right. Uh, let's, let's start with, uh, let's start with the, the Broncos, a, a lot of, a lot of back row dealings in the last couple of weeks with uh Kirk Capewell set to leave immediately for the Warriors. And I didn't call him Luke Capewell, which I think is, is big personal. That's growth a big step. Yeah. My part. And I guess that comes coupled with the, the, the stories that have been swirling for the last couple of weeks, Jordan Ricky and Brandon Pierker are both set to resign as well. So 
they're getting some clarity in a situ- in a, in a very in a position of depth for Brisbane. They're getting a lot of a bit of clarity in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I I quite like this move for Brisbane. I think Kurt Capewell's been okay in the two seasons that he's that he's been there, but I think it's pretty clear that he's sort of getting towards the end of his career. And I think the choice for Brisbane was either get rid of him or move him on this off season or re-sign him to another two or three year deal. And I don't think they wanted to be sort of left paying him a fair whack when he's like very much towards the end. Um, And I think some of his performances in the back half of the year sort of showed that he's maybe not a top level back row anymore. I thought he was pretty, disappointing in the in the grand final and i think it, it like i think getting pia Corey in there will be something of an upgrade um I, but i gotta tell you i'm really scratching my head as to why the warriors were so keen to get capable that's the part that i can't really understand i mean this this is a this is the warriors who we, we've kind of praised especially last year for doing their recruitment a little bit differently not just signing cast offs from other teams but the the, the fact that a lot of Brisbane fans are happy to see Capewell go, I think, is never a good sign if you're a fan of, of the club that's acquiring a player in that situation. And, yeah, I think our last memory of him is vividly is missing that tackle in the grand final. And he was a player who had a couple of decent years there, but I don't think was ever really the player that Brisbane thought they were getting when they signed I, him. I, I don't know, man. I He had some good moments, but like you know I just how, don't think you know he ever how... put it together for long stretches of time. Yeah, well, he was never the guy that he was at the Panthers. But I wouldn't say he was underwhelming but I wouldn't say he was overwhelming either. I would he, say was he was whelming. He was, he was whelming. Yeah. yeah. Like if people say, you know, there's the line from 10 things I hate about you. You can be overwhelmed. You can be yeah. underwhelmed. Can you just be whelmed? Well, it turns out you can in Brisbane. I actually used it this morning in a conversation. Would you really? Believe? Nice. Yeah. Someone asked me about a signing for the Orioles and I was like, I'm whelmed. Yeah. What are you yeah. going to do? The, the, the field goal on Deville against Souths was sick. Yeah. That was awesome. More of that. But yeah, like I said, I'm not quite sure what the Warriors are going for with this one. Um, The sort of the chat is that, they're going to sign him, start him at back row, and then Neocore will move into the middle of the field with a view to sort of him being one of the main middles for them once Fanua Blake leaves. But I'm not sure. I, I don't know why they've sort of picked Capewell as the fit. Like in a lot of the the stuff that's come out since they talk about like, you know, his veteran status and his leadership or whatever. But you would think that the Warriors, a team who already have strong veteran presences in Roger Tuovasashek, Tolhu Harris, and Sean Johnson, I'm not really sure what they're going for with another guy like that, you know? And yeah. and and the Neocore and Jackson Ford were both so effective for them this year. You know, they've re-signed Ford, so he's clearly going to be a part of the club's long-term future. But yeah, this was a this this is a I don't understand what the Wars are looking for here. No, nor nor do I. But look, if they can get a, I guess. You know, the if he plays at level he plays at Bris, he played at at Brisbane. I don't think it's a bad signing. I just think it's kind of well, yeah. But it like, whatever. Is it but I don't think it's, is it a signing that's going to elevate them to the yeah, level above it, where they are now? I don't, now. Think, I don't, I don't think so. If, yeah, I don't know if it tips them over the top. You know, I will say though, their their signing graphic game has been on point. I don't know if you saw the the little graphic they did to announce the signing. The the, the wires are looking. The Wires are doing some nice stuff in that department. Looking so, sharp, yeah. yeah. Um, with, for for Brisbane, I'm excited to see Brendan Piyakura get into that starting role. That's something that, like, he's someone who has sort of been on the verge of taking that next step for a good couple mm. of years now. And I thought there were some great signs from him last year. And I, I like the idea of of Brisbane adding, you know, someone who's probably got a little bit more a little bit more energy and a little bit more sort of hunger than than than, than someone as established as Kate Wilmot. Um. 
I think Brizzy are gonna have to they're gonna have to find another edge somewhere because right now they've got Ricky and Piacora, and I don't think they have another specialist second rower sort of on the on the roster. I know Fletcher Baker's probably been training there a little bit. I know I think they've signed Jaden Hunt and they've had him training there a little bit. Like I have no doubt that they'll find someone, and it wouldn't surprise me if we get a bit of a Keenan Palacio situation where someone sort of really elevates their play as a result of being in that Brisbane that Brisbane program, what they've sort of set up there over the last 12 months or so. Um, I'm sure they'll find someone. I just don't know who it's going to be yet. Some of the boys posted some photos of Jaden Hunt in the Broncos discord. He's looking good. He's looking Is in he? shape. Yeah. So maybe he's the guy. Good who for knows? him. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Roosters, they are the first team to benefit from uh, our new war chest to punch rugby union because of course they are uh, signing Mark Nwonga Nitawase and from 2025. Nawi no, no, I, I read it. Nawi Tawasi. No, no, no. I, I, you said that, and, but whilst I'm literally on rugby.com.au with him quoted with the phonetic spelling of his name, and it's what I just said it was. You would go on rugby.com, wouldn't you? Well, well I read how you guessed it was pronounced or how the man himself said it's pronounced. Well, I, I, as an avid rugby.com reader, well, I, I, just hear that, Googled... I, hear that, I hear that rugby union is your favorite type of rugby. No, no, hang on. Don't try to, don't try to, don't try to do this to me. But no, I, I look, I go, literally go, go, go again, go again. Nwonga Nitawase is no, what it's, Nitawase. Okay. is what like, cause honestly, like I just Googled his name and the word pronunciation. No, I, I, I'd heard it on commentary. As oh, okay. They, look, I might I, be wrong, but th- this article is yeah. from June of this year and it says, He's heard a thousand different pronunciations. Someone even called him Mark Nequantis at a schoolboys carnival. Mark <laughs> Nequantis. But and then he, there's a quote <laughs> from him with the seven syllable phonetic spelling. And it's okay. No longer Nitawase. So maybe that's wrong. And maybe he's changed it since then because players have done that. No, it has happened in the past. Mark, Mark Nequantis. Yeah. But yeah. No, uh, but he's, yeah. So uh, I don't know anything about him. Uh, you're more of a rugby man than I am. As we both know, it is your favorite type of rugby. What can you tell me about Mark <laughs> Nawonga Nitawase? There yeah. So he's a, he's sort of one of the very few. Uh, young homegrown stars who's come into the Wallabies set up over the last few years and done really, really well. Like he's one of the very few success stories that rugby's sort of had over a very tumultuous period for the sport. Um, He was all right at the world cup, but the team, like the team was bad. There's a limit to how much a winger can do in a bad team. Um, He's got a good turn of pace. He can, he can be, he's got a good understanding of space. He's got, a little bit of skill about him as well as a lot of rugby union wingers do. Um, and he's really good in the air. I think he's got all the physical tools to make it in, in rugby league, but this, um, this signing actually really, really fascinates me. And I wrote a little bit about this earlier this week because he's the first wallaby to come over to league without a league background in almost 30 years. I was thinking about that because it's like, yeah, the, the, it, that pipeline doesn't really go the other way and it hasn't really gone the other way historically. Yeah, and it's not just here. There's only been a couple of instances across the world in the last 20, 25 years or so where established rugby union players without a league background have tried to come to league. And and Nwonga Tawasi is Did the, the first the first one to do it in something close to his prime. Like there's a there's a guy, Isaiah Parisi, mm. who had a cup of coffee with the Broncos back in 2019. And he was looking all right, but then I think he had a, he had a drug charge and ended up getting moved on most of the guys who have successfully made the transition across come from a sevens background not a 15s background and mark mark Nwangatawasi has that same has that same thing he's played for the australian seven sides so i think the blueprint for someone like him might be will warbrick who did so well with the storm this year but then i also reckon that 
there's a chance that a season in reserve grade or a season like on the on the edge of the firsts mm. could be really, really good for him. Was, so, um, but, but the Roosters can afford to be patient with that sort of stuff. So that's why it's a good choice for him, I think. Did the Roosters sign like a did I am I completely Mandela affecting this? Or did they have like a South African guy on their books a couple of years ago and he just never kicked on? Not a couple of years ago. It's like 10, it's like 15 odd years ago. I do ago. hate that His everything that was... happened in like 2010 now is still to me a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. I can't, oh, I can't. There was, it was, there was a guy though, right? Yeah, there was. And then the, the only guy I could think name. of that had been a six, like the only, like Jared Safi was the one that sprung to mind as a guy yeah, that. Mate, Premier, Premiership winner, NRL grid mainstay. Yeah. He was the only one that really jumped out at me as a guy that came from rugby that had not played league before him. Yeah. The so. Roosters, the Roosters guy was JP Duplessis. That's it. There which is go. a. Very his, South African <laughs> Oh my God. His oh, no. full name is. Philippus Jacobus Snyman Duplessis. Mm-hmm. That is outstanding. That is some real high level South African stuff. And where's there. Philippus Jacobus playing now? He is playing for the New Orleans Gold oh in Major God. League Rugby. Is Justin Smith's son playing outside center? Well, you know, Justin Smith's son is a is a linebacker who's going to go to LSU. <laughs> so true. I don't I don't know. He's, I don't know if he's going to decommit to the Tigers. Well, Tigers. Um, but yeah, uh, great sign for the Roosters. Uh, good timeline, I guess. Like you'd think Daniel Tupo kind of maybe coming to the end after 2024. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But because that, that's a kind of dude who just like spin around forever. And I just can't imagine the NRL without Daniel Tupo. And I don't want to. So, <laughs> well, I think, I think the idea is, yeah, is that Nawanga Tawasi replaces Tupo for, for, for 2025. I'll be interested to see if rugby tries to pull off. Like an early swap deal to try and get Joseph well, um, over there early, but uh, well, we'll have to uh, wait and see. Ulysses Higginbotham or whatever the fuck the rugby union chairman's <laughs> name is. He already said he already said that uh, Swala is worth fifty million to their code or something, which I don't know how he pulled that number out of his ass, but uh, he said it. So. Oh, you, oh, Ulysses, <laughs> that's that's his name, right? Well, you know, you know, he's gone now. Oh, Hamish McLennan. Yeah, he got he got, he got he got punted. Yeah, why? Because he because he gave Eddie Jones twenty million dollars. Was that why? That was probably part of the reason. <laughs> oh, yes. okay, good. I, I've really paid attention. Uh, to yeah, but I'm 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 excited to see how this one goes. Like we're sort of off the edge. Yeah, of the it's, you know. Yeah, yeah. So this is these are these are uncharted fun. waters. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it's, it's weird though because it's the Roosters. I don't want it to work, but it probably will because it's the Roosters and everything they do just works. So good for them, I guess. Uh, James Fisher Harris has become the first prop to win the the Golden Boots uh, ever. Yes. Wow. And the only, only like the third forwards, like Andrew Farrell, and if you count Brad Fittler, and that's it, right? Yep. Yep. That's it. Um, yeah. Golden Boot. Golden Boot can be a funny one because there's still a perception out there that it's given to the best player in the world, and it's not. It hasn't been that for a long time. Now it's like given to the best player in internationals over the previous 12 months, which is kind of tough when, you know, the Kiwis only played the three games or whatever, but it's, I think it's very much just like a, a, a team achievement award for the Kiwis knocking the shit out of Australia the other week, hmm. you know, and fish getting it, you know, sounds great. Love it. I, I'm sure he's, I'm sure his acceptance speech was long and filled with, uh, with many thesaurus type words some are saying that the uh impact of front row friday in 2023 was a large part of why this award went to fisher harris <laughs> more and more people are saying it everywhere you go yeah so no it's it- great I, I um i was really impressed with how fisher harris's leadership sort of put the kiwis on the course for that 
really good win. And hearing a lot of the Kiwi players talk about Fisher Harris, um, I think it's clear that he's he's someone who like like with when we talk about Penrith and we talk about you know the Clearies and we talk about Edwards and we and all of that. But I think a lot of that sort of hunger and sort of that that sort of uh, what's the what's the right word that sort of intensity that they bring to every single play and every single game and sort of every single session. And that sort of putting in those basics that really makes them great. I think a lot of that comes from Fisher Harris and as good as he is, I think he's probably still been a little bit of an unsung hero for them, you know, because mm. the stuff and Charles Nickel Cookstad gave a great interview about this. He said the stuff that Fisher Harris is really great at is really, it's really boring. You know, yeah. it's like preparing well for every training session, preparing well for every game training well in every second of the session, like just all the, all sorts of stuff that, you know, we never see or we never think about or whatever, but he's just sort of mastered the, the pro the process of being yeah. a great player, you know, and, and it's rare that guys like that get rewarded with, with big spots and big medals and, you know, fish has got that. So that's he, great. He needs a funny diet thing. Like Lindsay Collins is eating 400 avocados a day. He's a very serious man. Fisher Harris. Yeah. A very serious man. Like, so I I don't I don't think he would put much truck in those sorts of gimmicks. No, just a meat, not like meat, meat and two veg, drink a lot of water, kind of kind of dude, and then do a few sit ups maybe. Yeah, maybe he's got time after <laughs> as a treat. Yeah, as a treat, as a little reward for his hard work. Yeah, good for him. Good good on him. Uh, one other bit of signing news: uh, Homoli Olakwatu getting an eight year seven million dollar deal for Manly. He's interesting, Nick, because he was a guy that. I think both of us, especially me, like thought when we did like a mid-season awards thing, he was close to our back row of the year. He kind of fell off a little bit in the second half of the season, as Manly as a whole kind of did, but still a very good player. In saying that, big contract and a lot of years on it. Yeah, yeah. And um, like you say, he had that really great start to the season and then fell off pretty badly once he missed Origin. And it's just a, a long contract and a lot of money for a guy who's not unproven, but this is the sort of contract that gets given out to the best players in the entire yeah. sport. I think the only forward I can think of who got a deal like this is Jason Talmalolo. And he yep. got it when he was very much at the peak of his powers. You know, I I'd, I'd probably be hesitant to give a back rower a contract of this length. I think it's a position that historically doesn't age well. And I think with the physical demands on it, it's only gonna, it's gonna more and more become a young man's a young man's spot. Yeah, so good player. Yeah, good player. But it's it's. There's, I definitely, are... I definitely see it as a as a pretty fair risk. How many forwards on earth right now would you give this contract to? Like the years, I mean, like with the the money, I think per year for a player like him is fine. The money's totally fine. If this was if this was four years, if this was four years, three point two million or whatever, like we wouldn't really be batting an eyelid. I don't think, but. Eight years. It's a long time. I'd give it to Payne Haas, and that yep. might be it. And I'd probably give it to Ken Murray as well. Well, that's because he's your favorite boy. Well, also, I mean, you, wait, you really wouldn't give Ken Murray? Especially I, a guy I, that, I, you, when no, you've got no, 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 with no, Murray I, as well, that the, the, the like rugby union are actively trying to steal him every week. I understand well. that. The The only thing would, with Murray is I'm not sure the how his stuff? game is. Well, not his head, not head knock stuff. I just don't know how his game's going to age, you know? Because how old's Murray now? 24, 25. Think. Yeah, so I, 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 I'm not saying he's going to drop off or anything. It's just, he, you know, he they're turns, already, oh, he, turn, he turns 26 in a month. So. Yeah, so yeah. and they're already talking about 
moving him to the edge a little bit to prolong his career or whatever. Like just mm. because he's a smaller guy, I don't know how much how good his game's going to hold up at you know 32, 33. Yeah, no, totally fair. But yeah, Payne Haas I thought was the one that immediately sprang to mind. Yeah, and then very few others. You think? Yep. Oh, Tohu Harris resigned with the Warriors. We've got that. So love you, Tohu. You do love Tohu Harris, and it's it's rare that we go a week without talking about him on the show. So that's right. Good that he resigned just for us. <laughs> very happy, very good of him. Oh, you got any other news? No, I think that's it, man. You know, a concert tonight. Tomorrow night. Melbourne. Melbourne. Going to Zach Bryan. Yeah, baby. Yeehaw. Going to put a hitch in my giddy up. Uh, Will the Trail Mitchell be there? I'm only a half joke. I hope so. So I assume you're in Melbourne because he's just doing the one show. Yep. Yep. Just the one. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Is there a chance he calls you up on stage to be a part of a musical ensemble alongside both Pup and Latrell Mitchell? Unlikely. Um, If me, Pup and Latrell Mitchell join Zach Bryan's crew as like the Oklahoma three or something like that. Mm. Pup's played a little bit of drums in the past, so he can do something. Latrell's got his whole sort of natural charisma thing going on. So I'd easily be the most loathed member of the Oklahoma three. I'm sure you play a mean jug though. I'm good at hoedowns. Mm. I'm good at hoedowns. And a bunch of people I'd like to hoedown with are the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon subscription service. If you'd like to support us, go to patreon.com forward slash and our rookies, you get access to our Discord server, an extra show every week, merch discounts, entry into next year's Coltrane Cup, and plenty more. So thank you to Chris Abnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi Stew, Wayne of the Old Coot, Bertrand's eyes are not red and green, they are the pink of a rabbit in a spotlight, Broncos legend Adam Reynolds, Bruce the Pom, Butsy, Chivak and Stuff Lovagus, Dan Carlin, and anonymous backer, Ed Burton, he remains an English man. Hi, I'm Mitt Bertrand, and I have redacted. I also went to school with Bungard. I was saying Boo Earns. I, Matt Bungard, could not be happier for Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I've got a blank space for my fans team, and I'll write your name. Jason, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh Brandon, Kicks Out of the Comp, Lachlan Hancock, Lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Charles Midmore, Mads, Taylor's version, Matthew Duggan, Michael, the climax to a supreme game of rugby league. Al Masri trailing by one to win it. He's got it away. It has got there. Murray, Morgan Watkins, my favorite artist on Spotify wrapped was... Books. My name is Nick Campton and Rugby Union is my favourite type of rugby. My ding ding dong is hard and I'm sad. Never trendy. Origin Munster to Club Munster. Form line Royal Commission. Reese Brown. Rodrigo Eduardo. Rodrigo Eduardo. Go! Roxanne Clark. See you in Vegas. Shunter Ty. The Black Vegetable. The actual music is a vibe on 1.75 times speed. Thor. Tom Hardy. Was. We're now offering shouts to everyone in the lower tiers and everyone who listens. All listeners, please send five of your Australian dollars to at the Matt Bungard on Twitter.com. Westside Podcast. End the Pasco fiasco. What never? No never. What never? How the ever? He's only ever sick at sea. Whoa, I never guard my buns. But, and, you'll have to speak up. I'm wearing a towel. Thank you so much for your support to everyone lower tiers and everyone distance. Thank you as well. How do we have two HMAS Pinafore ones now? I don't know, but do you reckon either of them has actually seen the HMAS Pinafore or are they like us and they just know it through that Simpsons? Well, I, I feel like I'm nailing like the, the cadence of the lines we've been getting. And like, I've obviously only seen the Simpsons thing. So the fact that we haven't had one yet that's gone over our head suggests that they are in the same boat as us. Good. Good. It's well, uh, good. To, it's good. It's good to know that our people are out there. Yeah. And uh, apologies, rough belly, get in touch. The whoa, I never guard my buns, but that's probably to the tune of something. But it's just going over heads right now. Um. But yeah. Do you think the future as a Spanish soccer commentator? Well, I don't know because when you did the goal part, you're uh, you might cut out for some reason. Oh, maybe it's too loud. Maybe. Maybe you, mm. you're too passionate about the yeah. concept of a goal being scored. Oh, I miss you, Marcelo, every day. <laughs> All right. Say goodbye, Campo. Good luck with the Oklahoma three tonight. Goodbye, Bertrand. That's goodbye from me.